Welcome to The Power of Faith with David Hathaway. In this episode, David continues his Bible study from the Epistle of James, chapter 3. Reading from verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for teachers will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Now, open your Bible and join David as he teaches from James chapter 3. Well, I'm greeting you once again, and uh, we're enjoying our long talks into the scripture. And as you know, I'm into the book of James. And I'm using the um, NIV New International Version because I think just particularly some of the phraseology will be easier to understand. So, We've got James here, and I'm quite intrigued because most people believe that this James was actually the brother of Jesus, and that's why I find what he's saying is um, a little bit unusual, okay? I'm into chapter 3, and it opens by saying, James saying, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Wow. Hmm. I think this is a very strong word of warning and of encouragement, but it's of warning because... The danger is that people do follow their leaders. Um, This applies in every aspect of life, whether it's in governments or whether it's in church or whatever it's in. The tendency is that people will follow leaders. And... uh, If people are going to follow leaders, they will only follow if there is a very strong reason why they respect and follow. I mean, in politics, of course, you get all these divisions, but they are divisions where people will follow someone that they choose. And in the spiritual sense, we've got to be very careful because of where we might lead people. I can remember many, many years ago when um, I was working together with an American evangelist called Lester Samuel. Uh, He's American, and he was one of the few who actually would travel behind the Iron Curtain with me. But we spent a lot of time talking. He'd spent um, considerable time in England, particularly at the time of the war. He was older than me, of course. And um, he had spent time with Smith Wigglesworth, who really was 
uh, one of the most famous um, evangelists of his generation. He was only a businessman, only a working man. He, uh, by trade, he, he was a plumber. <laughs> um, I didn't know him. He'd uh, died shortly before I moved to the area, but I did know his son and particularly his grandson. But it's not Smith Wigglesworth I'm commenting on. It's actually um, Lester Sumrall, because he said something which concerns me and concerned him. He said that, unfortunately, with his experience, and this was particularly in America, that many of the spiritual leaders, the preachers, the leaders, in the end of their lives, drifted away from the truth. Now, this didn't apply with everyone. I mean, Billy Graham never changed from the beginning to the end. He was consistent through, and so with my father. But I do know that some leaders did tend to get wrong teachings at the end, and people would follow them. Now, this is a very strong warning to those who want to be in leadership, that you must realize that in God's sight, you will receive a stronger, stricter judgment because what you are saying and doing doesn't only influence you, but will influence others who might follow you. Therefore, you have a much greater responsibility. And he goes on to say in the next verse, we all stumble in many ways. Not one of us is perfect because he says, if anyone says they or thinks they are perfect, um, then... <laughs> we all fail. Not one of us is perfect. And uh, he really puts it like this. If you are able to control yourself, then that is much more important for leaders to control themselves. In verse 3, he then puts it in a slightly different way, saying the same thing. He says, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them a bears. And with that bit in the mouth, and it's quite interesting because that's the only way you can control a horse, really, is by pulling on that uh, bit, that steel thing in its mouth. And in doing so, we make the horse to obey us and turn. And then he uses another illustration. It's quite interesting that he uses this illustration in verse 4 of ships. Because, of course, in those days, they were large, heavy, wooden sailing ships, not like our modern ships. And he said that although the ship can be so big, and driven by a wind so strong, the whole ship is turned by that tiny 
rudder. And it's very interesting because, um, as you probably know, I'm a sailor. Um, I've been sailing most of my life, racing and so on. And there used to be two, or well, there still is, two different ways of steering a ship. Because in the early days, it was turned by what we call a tiller, which is a piece of wood. And small boats today, and if I sail as I have done in small little dinghies, you turn it the same with that piece of wood. But on the bigger ships and on bigger ones, power boats and so on that I've had, you turn it with a wheel. Now, why am I commenting on this? It's very interesting because when you directed a boat or a ship with that wooden tiller, whichever way you pulled it, the boat went in the opposite direction. When you use a wheel, it turns in the same direction. Now, it's quite interesting because uh, there is one uh, thought that the famous big steamer, the Titanic, that um, on this maiden voyage um, was destroyed and sunk with the loss of thousands of, of hundreds of people. Now, I'm led to understand that until that time, those big ships were turned by this tiller, this wood, which meant that it turned in the opposite direction. If you pulled that to the right, your ship went to the left. But the Titanic was one of the first to introduce the wheel, which meant that it turned the way you turned the wheel. Someone has suggested that the reason that the ship didn't avoid the iceberg, which sank it, was because the helmsman steering misunderstood in the emergency and turned the steering the wrong way. Turning a wheel, thinking that the ship would go in the opposite direction. Now, I find that this is extremely interesting from the spiritual sense. David has a vision in his soul. Eurovision, a vision of Europe one for Christ. This vision is God's vision, God's desire, to see his power, his glory, in Europe. And David will not rest until God fulfills this vision that he has put within David's soul. This new year, David will be ministering in Ukraine, Central Asia, Poland, and many other nations. In David Hathaway's new book, A Firm Foundation. Strength for now and for eternity. David will guide you through the Apostle Paul's letters to the Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. David has written this book, to strengthen your faith, at a time when everything around us is being shaken. Join David as he delves deep into the truths of the Bible. Order David's book, A Firm Foundation, 
by visiting our website, eurovision.org.uk forward slash shop. Thank you for listening to the Power of Faith broadcast with David Hathaway. We would love to hear from you. Contact us by visiting eurovision.org.uk. Also available online are many free teaching resources to help you on your walk with God. David has written many faith-building books to encourage and inspire. Order these online today. Each month, David ministers online and in person. Our ministry is only possible because of the faithful support of so many people. For details on our evangelism and humanitarian relief work, visit eurovision.org.uk. Thank you again for listening.